0: The last few episodes of this podcast have clarified for me a hypothesis I have, which has been brewing in the background for some time. So I have been aware of it, but in a half conscious kind of way, I never brought it to I, I didn't give birth to it until just now, which is kind of what I was talking about with the undermined um, type thinking and the D mode type thinking it was just brewing in the background and it just happened to this morning just come out into fruition and I've not yet expressed it verbally so I hope you don't mind me using this as a forum to try and put it into words although it's kind of what I've been saying all along so you'll recognise it; it won't appear new. Um, so it's this idea that. So I'm trying to I'm trying to elucidate what are the habits, or what are some of the habits that can lead us as adult humans, to be able to create, a future, uh, where we're constantly improving, growing. Uh, fulfilling ourselves, optimizing ourselves, as opposed to deteriorating and crumbling, uh, and what habits specifically create that. And then I've alluded to the idea that maybe there's something underneath all that, that the habits are important, but they're not the only thing that's important. And what I think now, or my hypothesis, is that the thing, the underlying thing that's important is that period when we're in the womb and that period of the first year of life. And specifically motor patterns and the setting up of the autonomic nervous system. And I will add to that the microbiome on the gut, in the gut and on the skin. So... The first year of life, in ter- if if we're thinking according to DNS, dynamic neuromuscular stabilisation or Feldenkrais or, or just anyone who's interested in development, um, the motor patterns, we are born with certain motor patterns. Now, we're not born with the motor pattern to be able to walk like other mammals are, but we are born with some pre-existing motor patterns and they will be seen in the newborn in the form of primitive reflexes um, and other motor patterns that are evident in newborn babies and that occur in the womb and those patterns are simply the building blocks for our later motor patterns so we end up we use those patterns when we are learning to move when we are learning to um roll over from the floor on the floor when we're learning to gradually stand up and walk and all the stages that go on before standing up and walking, crawling and all the other things. We are building upon the pre-existing patterns that we have and it's important to build upon them, to be allowed to, to have an environment where it's possible to build those motor patterns in the right sequence and with the right amount of time designed to build them correctly so that when we reach that stage which is not for years and years where we are actually effective in doing all the functions that humans do that we have had the time, the opportunity and the environment and the safety required to build those motor patterns up from the ground up, just like when you learn the alphabet and you start to form words and sentences. And if anything in your environment didn't allow for that and you skipped some steps or you well basically skipped them or didn't quite master them before you were asked to go to the next level, then you're going to grow up and not have fully developed, efficient, stable, solid, safe motor patterns. And you probably won't know that because you're still walking and you're still doing all the things that everyone else does, but there are some little inefficiencies built into all the things you do, which over your lifetime cause micro damage to your joints, your soft tissues. Um, your muscles and end, end up causing things like bunions and funny shaped feet and claw toes and hip problems and knee problems and neck ache and back ache and all the things, all of those are unnecessary and they are caused by essentially either in early childhood not having the opportunity to develop those motor patterns in the right sequence, or if you did develop them in the right sequence as a child, but later in life, something environmental interfered with or injured or stopped the motor patterns, you can regress to an earlier level and cause those damages. And so similarly with the autonomic nervous system, I believe, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not. I'm not making this. I mean, I might. I'm making it up because I haven't read it. But I bet you someone else has written it and said it, so it's not really new. The same thing is true if the environment that w- in the womb and in the first year of life and in the first few years of life feels unsafe. If there are adults around us who shout at each other about silly things, who don't get on well, who don't know how to regulate their own autonomic nervous system, who are victims of their emotions as opposed to in control of regulating their own emotions, who don't function well in the world, then we're not in a safe environment to build that process to build the ability to regulate our autonomic nervous system, to build the idea, the, the, the sense, the capacity to detect threat, which is uh, of a greater or lesser to, degree and de- detect life threat as well and respond with the appropriate physiological response and the appropriate action. So we'll, we'll become people who shout, um, Un- unhelpfully. Shouting, of course, is very helpful sometimes. Shouting at someone who's about to get run over to stop them getting run over, or shouting to frighten someone who's threatening you. Those are all appropriate uses of shouting. But shouting at your spouse because they forgot to do the dishes is not an appropriate use of shouting. And so, if we're around those environments, that's what we will learn and that's what we will model. And those behaviors. us into fight or flight and are an impediment for us learning how to regulate our own autonomic nervous system. So here's this hypothetical baby, the motor patterns can be disturbed, interfered with and not fully developed. The autonomic nervous system regulation and control can be disturbed, interfered with and not developed properly. And then the gut microbiome and the skin microbiome. So with the gut If the baby is born through a vaginal birth and then is breastfed, there are certain species of bacteria and not just bacteria, but there's yeasts and there's probably viruses and there's probably other microorganisms that are none of the above that are in some other category that are ingested by the baby at birth and that then are fed by the milk from breast And those processes are important in establishing a microbiome in the gut, and the environment is important in establishing a microbiome on the skin, which is a balanced microbiome, a regulated microbiome that lives in a state of balance, just like an ecosystem, a wild ecosystem that hasn't been damaged traumatized and interfered with and so those are kind of because humans are born pre pre pre-made we're essentially born prematurely compared to other organisms and that's because our big head means we have to be otherwise we'd never pass through the birth canal and it's the way of humans to be born in this premature state and to have to learn and acquire some fundamental basic things before we can be fully independent fully prepared fully with all our capabilities and our environmental our internal environment internal and external because the gut is technically external and the skin obviously is external but for all those things to be in place that will allow us to grow up and be a fully optimized, fully healthy human. And if those things are absent, or they're interfered with, or they didn't happen right, then we begin life already on the back foot. And we are not Going if we 're just left to our own devices i mean let 's say we 're only missing five percent of what we ought to have, then probably we can just compensate for that and make up for it and catch up and still be one hundred percent functioning and maybe if we are missing ten percent, we can do that but, but there 's some kind of threshold i don 't know where it is where if the interference the dis- the disturbance the lack of opportunity to develop those things we need to develop is greater than, say, 30% or wherever it sits, then it's probably not going to self-correct. Then it requires some kind of intervention or help or assistance to correct it. And I'm wondering if that's where most of us in the modern world are at, We have had more than the 20%, 30%, whatever it is, threshold, interference, disturbance, and absence of correct ideal environment. And we are permanently on the back foot and catching up. Now, I've got a very optimistic view on this, and I believe that no matter how old you are and no matter what percentage of your early environment was messed up, you can improve. You can still do things to improve, and that's where the habits that i'm trying to talk about and develop will come in and there'll be other things that i haven't thought about yet and there might be some really drastic interventions there might be a need for 10 years of um, really intense therapy of some kind but it is still possible to do what would be even better (laughs) would be if we could all learn to stop interfering with babies and children the way we do and I see so much of it and I get so upset and agitated about it because it's an unnecessary disturbance to that whole process and it's creating adults that are going to have problems when there was no need, when that adult, when that person was born um, without, within you know, their the, the hardware they were born with was perfectly well-functioning but certain things were done and there they can be um, some some of the things you can't help. I mean, there there are women who, for whatever reason, can't breastfeed, or they maybe could have, but they were told they couldn't, or they could have, but they thought they couldn't, or the environment was too stressful, or no one helped them. I mean, there's not. I'm not in any way saying the parents of these hypothetical children are evil bad people who didn't do the right thing they're well-meaning loving people who want their babies to do as best as they can and who don't have the correct information or any support in their environment or are themselves in permanent fight or flight or were just given bad advice or for whatever reason but it's never done well never of course it is sometimes but well, even when it is done deliberately, it's probably coming from a dysfunction that that adult has. So, I'm not um, I'm not here to ch- to to point the finger and blame people, but as a culture, I think we can do better. I think we can support men and women who have got um, children or are pregnant or are going to have children to know more about these factors and to not only know more, that's not enough, to understand fully the importance of and to have support and role models and help, just material help, assistance, but also psychological help, support, comfort, somewhere to turn to with questions guidance and good role models in our culture and I'd love to see a world where all babies get to be born vaginally and if they're not if they have to have a cesarean because a vaginal birth will kill the mother or child or there's there's obviously reasons why we have cesareans and cesareans save lives there's no question there Um, however sometimes there could have been a vaginal birth when there wasn't. So, but let's say all babies that can be born vaginally are so, and those that have to have a caesarean are given the right um, bacterial inoculation at birth that they need, so that that's not an issue, that all babies get to have breast milk where possible, and where it's not possible, something is done to compensate for that. And that all babies Uh, grow up and are brought into the world into a safe environment where whoever is looking after them is um, well-regulated, well-modulated, knows how to move, knows how to regulate their autonomic nervous system, provides shelter, provides food, understands the baby's needs lets the baby feel safe so that it can be in a learning environment so that it can acquire the skills it needs to acquire and that there's not a bunch of toxins the baby's not growing up in a home with um, it's on the floor on an off-gassing toxic carpet and it's not surrounded by household chemicals and people who spray themselves with perfumes that are toxic and that it eats Real food instead of baby food that's been put in a jar and got all sorts of additives in it, and has all those. I won't go on and on, but um, movement is a really important one. Movement patterns is allowed to develop its um, its sequence of motor patterns in the appropriate time frame, in the appropriate sequence, so that when it is walking and running and carrying and jumping and doing all the things that human beings do. It's doing them with safe, healthy, harmonious patterns being employed, optimized human patterns. If all those things happened, then I would become immediately redundant. My mission to come up with a list of good health habits for a long and fulfilling life would be unnecessary and all the self-help podcasts and youtubes and books would become unnecessary because we would be self-optimizing it would be a self-perpetuating state and i do believe such a state exists i'm not i don't believe i'm talking about some mythical unattainable ideal I do think it's a lot harder to obtain that ideal in the world we live in and I also think we can adjust and tweak the world we live in to make it more so and I don't really care if we can't get perfect there's no such thing as perfect but we can do a lot better so what I'm saying is I think that maybe the reason why some people do really well with their health even though they're on a shit diet and the reason some people manage to ignore diet and movement but still have a really happy life because they meditate a lot but other people aren't able to do that and have to pay more attention... And the reason there's all these unexplained things where, oh, but diet's really important and that person's got a shit diet. or oh, but movement's really important and that person's got terrible movement. Why all that happens is because those people who are doing well in spite of some apparent deficiency in their behavior, maybe they had a really good uh, environment when they were little, maybe they, and learned how to regulate their autonomic nervous system really, really well, or they were gifted with this fantastic gut microbiome, um, which by the way, it's not just whether you had a cesarean and were breastfed, it's also down to the microbiome of your mother and father who were around you. So even if you had a vaginal delivery and were breastfed, it might not still be, it might still not be ideal if their microbiome and the environment you were in was no good. So If all things are at birth close as possible to ideal and during the early years, those things which were not ideal are kind of remedied in some way with a good environment, then maybe the future looks a lot more rosy and there's a lot less need to become too paranoid about what we eat, how we move, all our sunlight exposure. I don't think those things will ever be unimportant that would be stupid because hundreds of thousands of years of evolution created who we are, created our shape and our functioning and our physiology and we cannot maintain our proper shape, function and physiology if we're too far removed from all the factors that created us. I mean that makes complete sense if if what created us all the environmental factors that created who we are and how we are are too far disturbed we're not going to be at our best that's just a given so both are important early development and living a life close to our evolutionary um, origins okay thank you for listening have a great day